0: And now, here is Doreen.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Doreen Downing, and I host the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. What I love about inviting guests here is that they have somehow suffered in a way not having their voice. We never really know until they get on what that story is, because it could be anywhere from actually growing up in a family where siblings overtook everything and kind of, you know, were the most important people in the family, and the child didn't get heard or seen to school is another place where people find that that maybe they get bullied and want to hold themselves back. And then all the way up into uh, the work world, you know, but it seems like early on is when we get our first what? the first view of how others see us. and when, when people look at you and go, yay, you, we, we're so glad you're here, there's kind of a sense of, you know, I'm going like this, yay, me, you know, so that that beginning of confidence feels like it happens really early in life and planted like a, a seed. So welcome today, Rita. I'm so glad to have met you on the internet, huh?
2: Yes. Thank you so much, Doreen. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm glad you responded to my message, and I'm glad we could do this. Quite excited to be here. Big fan of the show. So yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: You're welcome. And I'd like to give you a platform today to tell your story. But before I do that, you sent me a bio, and I would like to refer to that first before we dive into... the personal stories, um, your founder of Frantically Speaking, which has grown from zero to a hundred thousand readers within a span of nearly two years. Well, that's a story in itself, I'm sure. Right? You know, to yes. to have intention and grow a business like that. Uh, you've coached people from companies like Meta, Tesla, Deloitte, Adobe, and more. And you've also trained from various universities, people who have gone come from Harvard, Stanford, MIT, and more. And before, it seems like you know, obviously you didn't have the ability to get out and pitch, but one of the things you're telling me here is that now you have worked uh, pitching on a team for one of India's fastest growing agencies, and you've presented to companies like Netflix. Pepsi, Google, Amazon Prime, Coke and more. Well, we're we're to da- thank you for <laughs> the bio. So hello, hello again. Uh, to get to that takes something. So I feel like, you know, what I said earlier that you had some seed inside of you that was meant to grow into this. But I know from what you wrote me that it wasn't always easy for you to speak. So Let's go back and just uh, show us, you know, open the door to your early life and what, what it was like being you.
2: Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. So to go all the way back in time, right, if you were to just understand the roots of what happened, I suffered from crippling social anxiety. And I think that I'm not sure of what the exact cause of it was, but this happened to me even before I was conscious of what social anxiety might be. I was very small at the time. And I think one of the root causes of a lack of confidence came in because I had a very bad problem with a seemingly unrelated challenge of night terrors. So I had, there was nothing I was particularly scared about, but I just had the worst night terrors as a kid. right? I had to be taken for therapy and I could not sleep. I did not let my parents sleep. I was just completely a mess in terms of my mind at the time. I wasn't sure why this was happening i it's not like I would watch something scary. it was just something that was there in me and after I slightly started to get over that and after I reached my middle schooling years, that's when the issue of confidence started coming up and the first time I noticed this as far as I can remember is that there was an event in school that you know those small talent shows that happen when we are in school, right? Where you're made to recite a small poem or if you have a talent of music, you play music, whatever it is. So I I did not have such a talent at that time, but I'm like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. So I went and I rehearsed a small poem and I had to go and deliver that. And the auditorium wasn't full, right? There were about, I would say, as far as I remember, about 150 people in an auditorium which had a capacity of about 500 so you can you can imagine there were some empty chairs here and there. and i remember going on stage and looking at they announced my name i went up i saw some of the other speakers go and i was fine i wasn't nervous before right those butterflies and i mean nothing like that was there but when i went on stage i realized that the light hit me for the first time that was the first time that i was actually on a stage on a platform And the mic is in front of me. It's on a stand. My parents are in one corner. My friends are on the other corner. My teachers are in the front row. And I just couldn't speak. Oh. Just completely blanked out. And no one, my parents were also shocked because I was practicing the night before. There was no problem. I wasn't nervous about it. But as soon as I went on stage and the lights hit me, and we all know that feeling, right? Now, as adults, we know that feeling when the light hits you, that that is a nerve-wracking feeling. But... I didn't expect it as a kid mm-hmm. so when that hit I realized okay I am terrified of this whole stage thing and from there on I could start piecing some things together because as I got older and older I realized okay it's not just about the stage even on a social setting I tend to be extremely shy and that's where I learned the word introvert that we all know so well now mm-hmm. and I started and I realized this because I came from a I came from a particular school. it was one of the best schools in the city, so I was very comfortable in that in that school. I'd made my set of friends and everything. but as soon as I got out of that school by the time we were in high school, so we started exploring things beyond just the boundaries of our our own school right We started gelling with some other people, and the world started expanding. And at that point, I could see my other friends, they started making a lot of new acquaintances. They started having girlfriends and they started having new groups. And I felt myself lacking behind, not intentionally. I didn't have any tiff with anybody, nothing, but I, I don't know. I just could not really make friends as easily as they could. And that's where the kicker of social anxiety came in. So from a very young age, confidence has always been an issue. Even in my family, I'm always, I was always known as the quiet one who would only reply in yes and no's. Right, The kid who's just yes, no, just doing that all the time, not elaborating, not wanting to speak, sitting in his corner and playing his video game. So that was the start of understanding this challenge. And by the time I reached college is when I realized this is a huge problem because it's affecting my grades because I can't give in college. You have to give a lot of presentations as I'm sure everyone knows. I couldn't do that. I couldn't make new friends. I my school friends. I was out of school, so they were not there anymore. Couldn't talk to new people and worst. And most importantly, I realized as I graduate, what am I going to do when I get a job? Cause I'm, I'm not good at technical things. I'm not a computer guy. I'm not a maths guy. I had to be in something that was more talking oriented. So, then I actually started looking into the aspect of confidence of public speaking. And that's when those words started becoming familiar to me. Okay. So that's a little bit about the start. Before yes. before we go
1: on, I uh, already there's so much in what you've or, uh, shared around moments of your life. And first of all, there's the you coming into this world like all of us come with a certain proclivity, certain, you know, like you say that we're introverted, extroverted is one way of describing it. But so there was there was you coming into this world as more of a a quieter, shyer type of person, but that doesn't mean you can't speak. But in a way I feel that you you kind you did hold yourself back. And then that that stage. Yeah. Wow. And then the lights, you know, I think there's something primitive that goes on in our brains, you know, they call it deer in the headlights and you, <laughs> you, to me, in that that image of you on the stage to me feels like the deer in the headlights moment yeah. that people talk about.
2: Were Definitely. you able
1: to deliver the the poem actually?
2: No, I did not. I, I just, I said, a I said a couple of, I went like, oh, no. and then I just like, so there was an entry point and an exit point. I just like left and I put my head down and I just sat down. And then my teacher came to me and she's like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it just, it's not happening. And then the teacher, luckily, she was uh, she was quite, she liked me. Uh, she was quite sensitive. She's like, okay, fine. You know what? We'll work on this later. Let it be. If you're not comfortable, just let it go. Uh-huh.
1: So that, um, that's, that's important. What you just said about what happens after a traumatic moment is that if you had nobody come into that environment and say, you're fine. I understand. Uh, yeah. it, in a way, it, it helps you adjust to the, the incident that could have been stuck in you and always, you'll never go back there again, ever get on a stage, you know? Definitely.
2: Yeah, I still remember the teacher's name. Her name was his. Her name is Mrs. Montero. So she was, yeah, she was great, quite understanding at the time.
1: That is so important. And uh, so then you also had friends who you were comfortable with in terms of anxiety. I think you're right about then moving outside the circle of what's familiar to you. There's a lot of hesitation for folks because um, they are not. They're not that confident but you got to college or some some form of advanced degree work and did was it after college that you said gee i better get i better get myself together around communication or was it during college
2: correct so in in india it's it's pretty similar to how it is in the us but instead of a 4 year degree we have a 3 year degree at least I took the three-year degree, we have four-year options as well. So it's pretty similar to how universities work in the US, right? So how it worked was that when I entered college, I so I was always very bad at maths, could not really do numbers well. And every degree requires you to do maths, except for one, which is this degree around mass media and communications. Ah. Uh-huh. So I, I aimed for that and I got into one of the best colleges for that degree, right? Because it was, it was written, I didn't have to speak or anything. It was just academic in nature. So after I got in there, I realized that, okay, everyone over here is not a, is not here to study. Everyone over here is here to be artistic. Everyone's here to learn. It was a very different course from the other degrees that are there. So the people who came there were also different in a very good way they were exposed to different things they were already ahead of a lot of people of their same age so when i entered over oh, there in my first year itself i realized oh, you know okay these people are quite they seem quite sensitized already in a lot of aspects and most of them right i mean of course there were there were about a, i think a hundred of us in that one batch and of course, there were some people like me who were shy and nervous, but most of them were so extroverted, so out there they could just talk to anybody, no problem in making friends. And I hated that because I'm like, I can't do this. I felt more alone, mm-hmm. right? And I remember the first, the very first day I entered the classroom. So I joined a little late for some technical reason. My admission was a little delayed. I got in one month after the course had began. So by the time I got in, people had already made Not best friends, but people had their little groups. They had spoken here and there. Everyone had their partners sitting next to them. And also that environment was almost created a little bit. So I walked in as the new guy. And I remember the day I walked in because there was no teacher that time. It was between lectures. And how it works in in this college, which I was in at least, is that we don't have to switch classrooms for different lectures. The teacher keeps coming. Teachers keep coming into your classroom, right? So one. We were waiting for the teacher to enter the class, right we were just sitting around, and I had entered at that time, and everyone was just having a good time right everyone's talking, people are standing near the desk, and everyone's just having a good time and I come in and as i as soon as I opened the door, everyone thought I was the teacher at first, right when I just so everyone stopped talking and just looked at me and I, I, I'm like, why are they why are these people looking at me and I just like my face showed fear i could i did not see myself my face showed fear. And finally they're like, okay, he's just a kid like all of us. They went back to talking and I just took a breath of fresh air. And I went and I sat down in some corner over there and I was just sitting by myself. And one girl came up and she started talking to me. She's like, I'm the class representative. So I handled all the attendance and everything. And I would like to know her name so I can write you in the register. So I started talking to her a little bit and that calmed me down. I have something to do right now. Yeah, And then one other girl came and she's this extroverted bubbly girl she just comes up and she's like hey new guy you have to introduce yourself to the class and i'm like you want me to stand and our classroom had like a bit of a podium over there she's like you have to stand there and introduce yourself and i just turned to the class representative and i remember just shaking my head like no that that's not happening and somehow they forced me to go up there not in the bullying way but they were just like they didn't know what i was going through they were just excited so I went up there and I'm just like, hi, my name is Radeep. And uh, thank you. And this is when I just sat back down. So that's when it hit. And everyone was like, why are you being so weird about this? And uh, that's when it hit me that nobody cares that you have been through social anxiety. People expect you to be a certain way. And that's when I started feeling like, okay, you know what, if I don't start fixing this, I'm going to be, I I I didn't make a good first impression right now in front of the people who I have to spend the next three years with. And this is going to be much worse when I enter the work life. So that's the thought that I got. And I'm like, okay, I got to start figuring something out over here. So that was the realization point.
1: That's uh, really dramatic, actually. <laughs> what a scene of you entering that room and... All eyes on you, kind of similar to that first stage you talked about um, in, right. the deer in the deer. And eye. nothing had
2: changed, right? Nothing had changed from right.
1: A... But uh, it was nice you had a, a friend there, the the class uh, advisor, who you looked at and said, ah. "Well, I'm going to take a quick break before we get into some of your uh, challenges in finding confidence." We'll be back in just a moment.
0: If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com.
1: Yay, we're back. Hello, (laughs) Redeep. This is wonderful getting to know you and little snippets of your life and so what we're talking about today is voice, and how we find voice means that there's a way in which you know you have to be in the world and use your voice to communicate, and here you are in your uh, college degree, finally finding someplace probably that is a good fit for you, uh, but then specifically, you go, I need to fix this, because I am you know, holding myself back, say more about you know what you did in the beginning to try and uh find your voice
2: yeah, so after i after that experience happened, it, I started trying to get more understanding of confidence so and that wasn't the only incident. a few more happened for class projects, we have to give presentations, which just did not go well, but regardless, after all of that happened, I decided, okay, I'm gonna get some help, so I tried to search for some coaches to help myself in learning public speaking, communication etiquette, confidence building. But the coaches were just too expensive. And as a student, I could not afford that. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's just go to Google. And I typed how to get better at public speaking. And I was very excited. But Doreen, almost every article, almost every video that I came across, more or less said the same thing. They all said that, maybe I didn't look enough, I don't know, but they all said that Radeep, if you want to be better at public speaking, then all you need is confidence. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have the courage, then you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that sounds great in theory, mm-hmm. but it's so superficial as information, right? It's it's very unhelpful because you can't tell someone who doesn't have confidence that you're just, it's not something I can eat. It's not something I can buy. What do I do by knowing I have to have confidence? So that didn't help at all. And I, I was quite disappointed because I, I searched a lot. I saw a lot of videos and none none of it was giving me any direction. Some things did help here and there, wherein they, they taught me some tips on how to practice by myself. So I remember I started doing, what I started doing was I would go on the internet and there's, a, there's this one, there are these few channels on YouTube which uh, provide you the transcript of certain speeches. So I would just like, I would just go to any speech I liked, write the entire speech down. And then I would practice delivering it in front of the mirror. And I would try to imitate the actual speaker. So I tried MLKs, I have a dream speech. And I just tried whatever. I oh, just of- I just would love to
1: see that. If you have them on video, do you have a YouTube channel?
2: I, I do have a YouTube channel. I don't that would this. be
1: so much fun to have before and after you before and after.
2: <laughs> yeah so i I did these in front of the mirror, but I'll get at the before after part right right over here as to what is actually available on video uh-huh. um but anyway, so that I would just do in front of the mirror just I didn't know that you could video record that process wasn't i didn't know about uh-huh. it yet right so my the idea was just to speak and imitate people, and uh that that was a start, but how much can you do that right it's It's not the most helpful thing, and at that point, I remember I'm like, you know what this this is a little too tedious. Let's just leave it for now. And oh, so I made a couple of friends in college, of course, because you're there all the time. And I, I could speak to people one-to-one. And I remember I, the couple of friends I made, they were bang opposite of me, right? Completely extroverted, just very bubbly out there. And one of my friends, is, his name is Shorya, okay, And he he is one of the best hosts, anchors, and presenters. Like even today, he's just amazing at it. So he would do a lot of these college events and festivals where he would host things and anchor different situations. But one day he felt sick on a day that he had to actually do one of these anchorings. And the teacher comes up to me and she's like, hey, you, I need you, you to take over. Now, she didn't know that I was nervous. She, didn't, she just knew that I was his friend. you know. So she just saw me. She's like, okay, fine. Can you do this? And I'm like, uh, okay, wh- like, wh- what do you want me to do? And like fumbling like that and talking already. And she's like, No, it's nothing. It's just literally a 15 minute event. There are some people who have come, there are only 20-25 people in the audience, you have to just introduce some people. That's all you have to do. So okay, fine, let's, let's give this a shot. What's the worst that can happen. So I went on stage. And you know what, it didn't go that bad. Because I had things to say. And I had, I just had to, it was a very simple task. I didn't have to memorize anything, nothing, right? Just caught on a small audience. The audience was also not, they were slightly older people. So they're not judgmental college students. So it was, it was like a nice environment as well. So it didn't go that bad. It didn't go that good. It was just what it was. But what I realized is that after that event, for the next couple of days, I was, I was feeling a little, something had changed, right? I was, I was walking a little differently. I was talking a little differently. And I realized that, okay, you know, when you go on stage, and I think you will vouch for this as well, right? Because you've done this, that once you go on stage, even the next few days, the that element of being on stage carries forward with you. So if you have a bad stage day, that carries forward as well and you feel low, but if you have a decent or even a good stage day, that carries forward in a very positive direction. So I was feeling that, I was feeling a little more confident and I'm like, okay, this is what confidence mm-hmm. might be like, right? Uh-huh. And then the idea became, you know what, if if this free information is not helping me, let me try taking more opportunities like these. Okay, because I survived this one. Let's try to survive some more. The, the aim was not oh, to look good.
1: So you're saying that the actual stepping back onto a stage and beginning to find your voice, you might say, and feeling comfortable, a little, just a teeny bit more comfortable, that's where you realized, oh, I need to get in front of stages or on stages in front of people. Is that it?
2: Yes. Yes. So what happened was that when I when I went on stage, exactly as you said, right, find your voice, that I didn't find my voice at that point, obviously, but it just made me realize that, okay, you know what, the fear of public speaking, scientifically, it is irrational. And that's when it made sense to me that I didn't die when I went on stage, right? Nothing happened. It was just in me. The fear is just in me. And so I'm like, okay, I can do this more. And even if it goes bad, the worst case scenario is not that bad. It will just be that I mess up a speech or something, right? Uh, That's what the thought became at that point in time. Of course, that was just the positive thinking because then when I started going on stage more often, I wasn't trained. And my first few, my quite a few speeches and events that I was doing, because I was just grabbing opportunities as much as I could and as much as my... Nervousness allowed me to take on, right? And by by one point, I was just taking as much as possible. And the first few ones were just absolutely horrible. Right. So uh, the exact opposite feeling came as opposed to that first day. Because this time I was speaking to college students. I was speaking to people where you want to maintain a reputation and all of that. Right. But I, I remember this one time where it was a festival that was there. And I wasn't ready for big events. I was just doing small, small, small events to get myself used to the stage. But this one festival had four hundred people in the in the auditorium that was there, and they had called me to host, and I, I didn't agree to it. But my this friend Shorya pushed me into doing it. He's like, "No, you know what? Let's do it." And it's good that he told me in hindsight. But when I went on stage at that time, I remember. So my my college crush was in the audience, right? And when when your when your crush is in the audience, you get much more nervous than you're supposed to, right? It's universal. And at that point in time, I realized, okay, you know, this is not going to go well. And it did not go well. It was a very, very bad experience that people came up to me and told me that, were you the one hosting this? And that was a very crushing feeling. So after, so there were quite a few experiences like that. But then as I kept doing it a little more, I also joined like Toastmasters and everything, right, where I met more supportive people to help me beat stage fright and anxiety even Toastmasters getting to the before and after video recordings, my first initial speeches are just horrible. And in fact, I remember my third speech at Toastmasters, I had blanked out on stage. So again, this was a, you know, a, a throwback to that time in school when I blanked out this time again, I started speaking and I just blanked out and all these people are looking at me. And I just said, thank you, walked off. And, uh, I remember after the event, like no one was really speaking to me or anything like that, because they thought I need need to have my own space. Some people came to me and told me, it's okay, it happens. But yeah, that was a bad time. And then eventually the progress started taking place because I did it as much as I could.
1: Well, that seems to be your message today. And we're coming to the end. So I want to make sure that what people are hearing from you is that the decision you made to move yourself back to the scary place, which is the stage, um, was the, was what, um, uh, worked for you. And that, you know, a lot of people say, no, I have to get it all together. I have to learn. I have to go to, you know, some speaking training and, uh, I love that you just have this inner drive to take yourself to what scared you, and you know, kept standing up, falling down, standing up, falling down, until now. So, before we get off, please tell me what you're doing now and um, how people can find you.
2: Yeah, so I am currently running a company called Frantically Speaking, as you mentioned earlier on. We help working professionals become. Better communicators and public speakers. The idea is to train people in the skills of public speaking and teach them to apply it in their day to day lives. You can find us on our website uh, on franticallyspeaking.com. You can directly book a call with me to understand what kind of services we have, what our training looks like. And we have a ton of content that we upload on YouTube where we try to break down different speeches different celebrity actions to give you all practical tips on becoming better communicators. So yeah, those are a couple of things. And you can subscribe to our email list as well on our website. There's a newsletter form over there where we give more exclusive tips around public speaking. So our mission is eventually to become a one-stop shop destination for all things related to stage fright and communications.
1: Wow. It feels like what you're offering is what you didn't get way back when. You have designed you designed something that will serve uh people that experienced what you experienced early on in life. Well, all of the links will be in the show notes. So uh that'll be just fine. I just want to say thank you. I'd like to give you one more opportunity to talk about anything around what you what comes up about voice, having a voice.
2: So I would just like to say that when it comes to finding your own voice, communications is always broken up into two parts, right One would be the learning part of it, which is the techniques, and second would be the actual practical part of doing it. A lot of people find it very hard to get to do the second part. A lot of people read the books and everything around public speaking, communications and voice but if if anyone out there is trying to find their own voice, just know that the feeling of nervousness. There's a chance that for a while it might not go away. And you have to learn how to expect it and accept it. And that's when you'll start seeing results taking place.
1: Very wise. deep. thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Doreen. It was a pleasure doing this and hope I was able to add some value.
0: Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and will return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.